Welcome back to the show. Well, on Monday, you may recall we spoke to Eric Woodward. He's the mayor of the township of Langley. Now, Mr. Woodward wasn't too happy with the provincial government's housing legislation, calling it a one-size-fits-all policy. Now, he says his community has already been building two- and three-bedroom townhomes, condominiums, row homes, the missing middle uh, housing that uh, we often hear about. He says the province's legislation uh, should instead focus on communities that have been uh, foot-dragging when it comes to housing. Take a listen. Bill 44 for us uh, is, a, is a significant uh, problem in the sense that it undermines years of uh, urban planning work in some of our developing areas. So the Township of Langley has 2,800 urban acres of new development to do, and we're doing it with fourplexes and sixplexes and single-family homes, but also townhomes and row homes and apartments and the odd high-rise. And you know we have and are producing housing at a much faster rate than our housing needs report, and yet we're being lumped in and, and uh, dragged into this uh, situation with Bill 44, 46, and 47 with other municipalities that aren't doing that. And uh, it's going to cause us a lot of problems. Now, he's not the only one. Uh, it's uh, causing upheaval in many uh, city halls around Metro Vancouver. I'm told that Mayor Brenda Locke uh, was in Victoria this week uh, making the, the same argument that Mr. Woodward is making. He was, she was making the argument to Housing Minister Ravi Kalo in Victoria. We've been hearing complaints out of Coquitlam as well on the potential impact on development uh, and recovering some costs uh, in, in communities like Coquitlam uh, as well. Not everybody, of course, dis- uh, agrees with uh, Mr. Woodward and some of these city councillors. We're joining me now to talk about the issue is Tom Davidoff. He's a director at UBC's Centre for Urban Economics and Real Estate, and he's an associate professor at the Souders School of Business. Tom, thank you for joining us today. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Lots to talk about here. Uh, as you know, we had uh, Eric Woodward on the program, the mayor of the Township of Langley, uh, on Monday, uh, and he certainly expressed concerns uh, in regards to the housing um, uh, legislation that was introduced by the provincial government, uh, and he didn't like the fact that it was a one-size-fits-all, particularly for communities like Langley Township, where they believe they are building condominiums, they are building townhomes, building that missing middle. This week, Brenda Locke, the mayor of Surrey, is also in Victoria, arguing the same issue with the housing minister uh, as well, that, look, these rules shouldn't apply to Langley's and the Surrey's, which are actually doing what they want, which is build more housing, Yet other communities that are laggards are the ones they should be focusing on. What do you think about the argument that these two south of the Fraser mayors are making? Yeah, well, there's a couple of points to make. Uh, First of all, I agree that uh, you might want to come up with a list of jurisdictions that have behaved in, let's say, a naughty way uh, in terms of land use and have not uh, invited condos, have not invited townhomes, despite having expensive prices. And, of course, that was uh, part of the uh, provincial legislation that I was particularly happy about uh, was the creation of that so-called naughty list where jurisdictions that do a particularly poor job are going to be under extra scrutiny uh, and are going to have to step up their game more uh, than other jurisdictions. And so, uh, you know, the, the good behavior, having built a lot of homes, uh, not having particularly high prices, that presumably should shield you uh, from being on that list of underperformers. Okay, so that that's point one. Yeah. But then uh, there's this sort of baseline zoning that the province is saying no more single-family zoning uh, anywhere with decent population in the province. Uh, and they're saying if you're near transit, you've got to really uh, bump up zoning to uh, a more significant level. And I think both of those are completely reasonable steps. 
the core issue that uh, Mayor Woodward also makes here is that, look, you're taking power away from us as cities, where we've had consulted significantly with residents. Uh, in the case, uh, this was, I think, three neighborhoods. He said it took 10 years, uh, and they would have built between fourteen and 15,000 homes. Uh, and now with this zoning coming from Victoria, it just um, bigfoots everything significantly more people that they had budgeted for and more people than what the community actually wants through all this consultation. And it doesn't fit the norms of the community. What do you say to that? I think uh, the mayor has articulated uh, the problem that the province needs to solve extremely well. And let me start with something that's extreme and maybe a little bit inflammatory, which is at one point communities thought it was a good idea to have restrictive covenants about who could own homes, and I believe neither of the two people on this phone call would have been able to uh, buy a home in much of greater Vancouver. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the communities consulted. It was what the people wanted, but it wasn't good. And so, you know, bad outcomes can come from local community planning, and good outcomes can come from local community planning. Mm -hmm. The problem is, right, if you think about a community, what is in the community's interest? Open space, low property taxes, and high property values for the owners of homes who tend to be the dominant voting force. Mm -hmm. So the rational thing to do, and if you look at the uh, plans uh, for the neighborhoods that the uh, Mayor Woodward was talking about, is these are large lot single-family homes that are only affordable to, you know, maybe the top 1%, half percent of the population in terms of uh, ability to pay. You know, these are over $2 million homes when I looked around. That's what's getting built under the plan. It was a lousy plan from the provincial perspective. It was a great plan from a local perspective because it preserves open space and amenity and uh, doesn't put a lot of burden on the property tax system, but it denies the opportunity to live on that land for, you know, 99.5% of uh, people coming of age to form households. So the province has an interest in affordable housing. Local communities can't affect housing affordability very much because they control so little of the overall land. But when each individual community behaves in an individually rational way but ignores the aggregate need for affordability, we get the mess that we see today where almost all of the residential land in Metro Vancouver uh, is zoned for unaffordable forms of housing. Welcome back to the show. If you're just joining us, we're speaking to Tom Davidoff, uh, Director at UBC Centre for Urban Economics and Real Estate and Associate Professor at the Sauter School of Business. Uh, now, Tom, one of the other issues I hear about is the issue of uh, infrastructure like uh, sewer pipes and uh, even electricity and, and not having uh, substations built. In many cases, when people are trying to, communities are trying to build subdivisions in places like Surrey and Langley Township, they can't be built because the infrastructure isn't there yet, uh, like sewer pipes, or the power hasn't yet been put into those communities. Now, add to that a lack of construction workers, um, which can impact housing supply as well. Now, do you worry that this provincial housing plan uh, could potentially be held back because of a lack of basic infrastructure needs and labor challenges? Absolutely. You know, municipal zoning is not the only bottleneck in terms of getting homes built. As you mentioned, uh, labor supply, getting people uh, into the trades, not enough people are going into that, uh, which is great for young people, uh, a plug. You know, look at BCIT's programs. They, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of demand uh, for skilled uh, labor in construction. Uh, but also, as you mentioned, infrastructure is a big deal. 
and uh, it's going to cost a lot of money. Uh, you know, streets need to get uh, dug up in some cases to put in the appropriate sewer infrastructure, electricity. Uh, I know we've got a uh, sewage treatment facility issues uh, that are very expensive. Yeah, growth is expensive. Uh, and there's a very interesting question of whether, you know, the people who purchase new homes and their developers should be the ones paying for growth or whether growth uh, ought to be paid for out of property taxes. And the answer is probably a mix of the two. Yeah. Um, this conversation that is going on now, I mean, there's, there's going to be some opposition to the housing legislation, but I don't see too much, although there are concerns about how it'll be um, uh, applied to individual communities. And that's part of the conversation today. But at its core, do you see any opposition, broadly speaking? It's a generational and cultural change for this city and this province, and this is what we're going through in regards to what housing is. And part of it, what com- where this comes from is I, I do believe you're originally from New York, right, Brooklyn? I am, yes. So you understand density, and while I'm not a New Yorker, I have lived in New Delhi, which is a city of 15 million. Mm. I've lived in Beijing, a city of 21 million. And we in this city, and I guess in Canada, have always used to space and I, when I hear these conversations today beyond the labor issues and, 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 and the structural infrastru- infrastructure challenges, it is a cultural change that I think we as Canadians probably aren't used to having that conversation before in regards to what real density looks like in a big metro, uh, metro environment. I think you're absolutely right. And you mentioned generational change and you mentioned cultural, and they're both real issues. I mean, I don't think there's any question uh, that, you know, in the post-war period, you know, building suburbs that were mostly car accessible where people lived in detached homes and at the time were relatively affordable. That was just fantastic. That was a great way to raise a family. It was a really high quality of life. And unfortunately, it's not sustainable. You know, the driving's probably not sustainable environmentally, but just economically, it doesn't work. The road, you know, to get to single family that could be affordable, you'd really have to uh, drive to qualify, as they say, very far. There'd be horrendous congestion if that was the biggest form of development going forward. And again, as a matter of affordability, people can't afford detached homes in decent locations. So we need to densify. And there are some people who say, that's just great. You know, I get to bump into more people who I like to interact with. There's more coffee shops uh, and life is better. I think other people say, no, you know, I like to look at trees uh, more than I like to look at neighbors. I want to be able to park my car easily. I think there are sacrifices uh, to be made uh, when uh, we add population to the metro area. But if we're going to add population, uh, you know, we, we need to suffer some of that. And if we don't add population, how are we going to keep the, the, number, the, the tremendous number of people who want to live in greater Vancouver that's going to grow over time? How do you keep them out? The only way to keep people out and avoid growing is to, one, not build very much, and two, accept really high prices and rents because the highest bidders are going to be the people who go here. The, the fewer people that live in Vancouver, uh, the farther up the line you go in terms of willingness to pay. So there's no way around sacrifice. It's either quality of life and density sacrifice or it's affordability sacrifice. And what's amazing, I think, is the generational shift. I think you and I both remember that land use hearings were exclusively older affluent homeowners, and now you start to see young people, renters, who really, really want a place to live showing up and arguing for the density and for the sacrifice at the level of amenity. And politically, 
Uh, the shift has been really dramatic. I think, you know, politicians used to live in terror of the so-called not-in-my-backyard crowd, uh, and now it's really the other way around. Politicians really have got a sense that they need to address housing affordability. Yeah, I just had the housing minister, federal housing minister, on uh, last week, and so it's, I think the biggest challenge we have today is making sure all three levels of government uh, are aligned rather than the federal government dealing directly with municipalities and the provinces and happy or uh, Metro Vancouver uh, adding a, a development cost charges or increasing them, and the federal government isn't happy. So they're, they're, they're not agreeing on certain things, but uh, inevitably I think all three levels of government do realize we, we've got to get on with this. But in regards to getting back to our core issue of Langley, Langley Township, uh, you, you understand the mayor's concerns and even Surrey's concerns, but you still believe what's been introduced by the provincial government is the right way to go, uh, and it's and it's and it's something that perhaps Surrey and Lang- the township of Langley just have to accept. A- absolutely. Again, I would really emphasize if people want to look at the uh, plan for the neighborhood, and you know, apologies, I've, I've only discovered that this neighborhood exists in the last few days. I think it's Fern Ridge. Mm-hmm. You know, the area plan, uh, which I put on your Twitter thread is, uh, you know, very, very exclusive. It almost says, you know, rich people only uh, on large lots. You know, they may have spent a lot of time coming up with the plan, and it may have been a plan that worked for local voters, but it is not in the provincial interest. I don't think anybody uh, could possibly convince me or a reasonable person or jury of peers or whatever uh, that large lot single family zoning that's unaffordable to 90% of the population and, you know, induces suburban sprawl by gobbling up land for small numbers of homes. Nobody can argue that that's in the provincial interest. It may be in the local interest. And that's exactly why the province has to intervene. Delegating land use decisions to municipalities invites high amenity, high sprawl, high cost development that uh, is not sustainable and is not good for the overwhelming majority of the population. So having the province step in and force municipalities uh, to adopt zoning that's closer uh, to what's best for the community as a whole uh, is just absolutely sound politics. And I'm delighted to see it because for years and years, municipalities got to free ride uh, on the rest of the province and not provide affordable housing. Uh, and not provide the infrastructure necessary and kick the can down the road to the next municipality. And that's part of the reason we have the crisis we have today. Tom, as always, thank you for your time. Real pleasure. Thank you so much.